Jill Bennett sitting in for Simi this week. It is time to look at the view from Victoria. We are joined this morning by Czech News's Rob Shaw. Good morning to you. Good morning, Jill. Good morning. So it's been a pretty uh, busy couple of days. I know you were chatting with Pierre Polyev. Uh, let's take a listen because I know you also commented on how a lot of people are noticing this and commenting on it. This was your exchange. Well, it's uh, absolutely unacceptable. And I can relate, of course, because um, I've been the subject of so much online harassment and abuse. My wife has received so much uh, horrific material directly to her social media account that we've had to hire a private security firm uh, to protect our family against uh, all of that abuse. So unfortunately, uh, this is all too common uh, and all too um, long-standing. We have to put an end to it and demand that everybody uh, treat other Canadians uh, with respect uh, when we debate political ideas. So Rob, tell us a bit more. What was the question you put to Pierre Polyev that got that answer? Yeah, I asked him about Deputy Prime Minister Christian Freeland, who was in Grand Prairie, Alberta on Friday, and a video of a man verbally accosting her, you know, screaming at her, uh, questioning why she was there, saying a bunch of profane things to her, kind of pinning her uh, into an elevator, went viral. And it's been denounced by politicians of all stripes across the country as this sort of toxic threatening environment uh, that exists, especially for female politicians now. But uh, Mr. Polyev hadn't been asked about it. Uh, yet, and so I put the question to him. The response has been all over the place. Some people think it was perfectly fine, showing that it's uh, other politicians who face threats and their family as well. Others say he made it about himself uh, in that response, that he started talking about himself and didn't spend enough time recognizing the particularly toxic environment female politicians face right now. But uh, certainly it's interesting to engage with him in the social media uh, spectrum these days because that tweet went viral, uh, that clip that I, I put out uh, of him yesterday, it, it's tapped into something. There's, there's, it's covering Pierre Polyev is like stepping into a hurricane. There is people and energy and all sorts of weird things going on, including at his rally in Nanaimo, where there was more than a thousand people. Uh, and uh, it was quite an atmosphere there. I've, I'm not sure the last time I went to an event with a thousand people, possibly the 2017 election. Um, but uh, that's a pretty good crowd for any politician, especially one who's not even leader of his party yet. Yeah, exactly. What would you or how would you describe uh, kind of the energy or like you said, a huge, huge crowd? But what was it kind of what was the feeling like? Well, it's in Nanaimo. So there's, you know, on Vancouver Island, we, 20 years ago, the entire island used to be conservative. So there's kind of an older conservative base in the island. But there's also quite a few young people there. And he made his speech about pocketbook issues, uh, people unable to afford a house living in their parents' basement. He had an anecdote about how do you date when you're in your 30s living in your parents' basement? How do you bring people home? Uh, and everyone was kind of, uh, you know, responding to that. He got two standing ovations, one for promising to defund the CBC and the other for uh, pledging that his ministers will never engage in the World Economic Forum, which uh, was interesting moments of applause. Uh, and, I, you know, I think... There is. He has certainly tapped into some type of anti, as he put it, woke culture, um, angry, frustrated political movement there. And for politicians who don't agree with him, if you don't follow that ideology, you you question whether he um, that that helps us, whether that movement is in fact um, toxic in and of itself. But 
nonetheless, it is uh, it is impressive to see he had another thousand people showed up in Sydney that evening. He has an event at the Vancouver, um, I think it's the Italian Cultural Center tonight at six thirty. I bet you a thousand people show up to that in Vancouver. He's in and around North Vancouver. You know, BC for him is the third largest membership sale uh, in this leadership race that he's in, and so he's here now. Not signing up new members because that that cutoff is over, but making sure that they vote for him and whipping them up and and trying to get uh, the conservatives into a, a position of momentum, which they haven't had for quite a long time, uh, and uh, and kind of new invigorated uh, feeling of of people relating to him. And he certainly, it it certainly you know I've covered a lot of politicians, and very few get this kind of reaction. Uh, maybe Justin Trudeau in his heyday at the peak of Trudeau mania. Um, but he is uh, he is pulling in the crowds and and people are responding to him for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And a bit more on his his response. And I I understand it. I can see that that people might be critical, saying maybe he should have spoke more or, or reacted more to the insults and what was hurled at Christopher Freeland. I mean, I think on the the bright side, I suppose of that too. At least uh, people are coming out. Politicians in all of the parties, I think, are coming out and at least saying look, this is not okay. This is, it doesn't matter what your political beliefs are, uh, whether you're mad about COVID rules, about how it was treated. It is not okay to hurl insults and to be abusive like that to anybody. Mm-hmm. Well, not only, I mean, we are seeing that at every level of politics right now. I mean, there were politicians in BC who were facing death threats for trying to promote vaccines during the pandemic. Remember Mike Bernier in, in the peace region up north who had the police tell him not to go to a rally outside of his constituency because they were threatening to kill him. And he stood up on the back of a pickup truck and started shouting at the crowd like, uh, you know, come on, people. Uh, but there, especially amongst women politicians right now, there is a, a real sense of that um, worry that there is going to be an incident that the the threatening nature and the toxic nature of people who who come up to some politicians these days um, is escalating, uh, you know, and it's coming from all groups uh, in some ways because on the environmental side, for example, you have people dumping horse manure on John Horgan's constituency office front door and you have uh, a kind of confrontation sometimes with politicians on that side too. You have the save old growth people blocking highways and, and getting into uh, confrontations there. So we're people are frustrated. They're upset. I think the affordability crisis is something Pierre Polyev is tapping into, focusing that anger on things like he calls just inflation, uh, Justin Trudeau and inflation combined that people seem to be responding to. He's, he's weaponizing it in a way that seems to be very effective. And it, he's most certainly got this conservative leadership race won. The question will be, can he hold on to that and continue to control it uh, when he faces um, Justin Trudeau or whoever from the Liberal Party in the next uh, federal election? Yeah, no, and certainly that's what people will be watching. And you touched on this as well, the division and and the divisiveness of, again, uh, there are recent polls that have have put the blame on that, right, on Justin Trudeau, uh, others saying uh, also leaders or conservative candidate hopefuls like Pierre Polyev. Uh, but, But regardless of where you put the blame, I think, and you touched on this as well, we see that divisiveness and we see that anger. Mm-hmm. And politicians play footsies a little bit with it. You know, um, Pierre Polyev did endorse um, the Freedom Convoy uh, and, and whatever that was in Ottawa, a combination of people who were legitimately upset and a combination of some elements that were clearly 
um, very toxic and racist and out of control. And so, um, you know, there there are some who who play uh, to a little bit of those crowds uh, and you see it on social media. You even see, and I've written about this and taken an earful, you even seen the BC Greens at a certain point play to a, a crowd in COVID that was, you know, very focused on um, believing that we should do a lot more to crack down and get into that sort of COVID zero frame of mind and and be focusing on that, which was not really the mainstream opinion, I don't think, but they found some support there. So people are, are fragmenting and they're siloing and they're getting more and more extreme. And we see that with voters. Um, we see that just in general, that, that, uh, that there, there are some very angry people coming out of COVID and there are some very angry people at housing affordability. And there's some people who are uh, facing a lot of severe cost pressures right now. And, and politicians of all stripes are trying to figure out how to deal with that, how to respond to that anger. And some of them are are whipping it up and capitalizing on it, and some of them are trying to deal with it in, in government and figure out what to do with it. So it, it's a it's a interesting time to be covering politics. Slightly scary, slightly scary. You don't know where all this is going, but uh, but it's going somewhere, and uh, and watching it happen is uh, is interesting. That is for sure. Rob, we'll leave it there for this morning. Thank you so much. Great to talk with you. Okay, take care. You too. That is Rob Shaw, political correspondent for Czech News, bringing us today's view from Victoria.